0: Hi and welcome to Serious About Sustainability, the podcast series brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric's Ekadan air source heat pump. I'm Max Halliwell from Ekadan and you're listening to a series of podcasts all about renewable home heating. We'll be covering a range of topics from the perspective of UK homeowners, self-builders, contractors and housing associations. Our show today is called Self Build with Ecodan, Sustainable Home Heating. My guest is Georgina Burnett, Property and DIY Interiors Presenter. Welcome, Georgina. Great to have you on the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm really good. I'm really good. It's great to be here, Max.
0: Excellent. So how's things with you in terms of um, COVID and the situation we're living at the moment?
1: Well, I'll be completely honest. I'm very happy to be back inside uh, cafes and restaurants. <laughs> That's been the hardest thing we know. I mean, it's, you know, it's been, um, it's been tough, obviously, for everybody. But, um, but, you know, I just think we're, we're in my family, we're all healthy and we're happy. So uh, we're just grateful that life is slowly getting back to normal again.
0: That's great. We're getting through it. We're getting to back to some form of normality, hopefully. Exactly,
1: so- exactly.
0: So our audience listening in the UK would have seen you on TV over the years as a news reporter, weather presenter. Uh, You still present the weather now and again, also featured on This Morning, I believe. But I think your main passion for many years has been property, interiors, home renovations, upcycling. Um, I've seen you've been featured on loads of interior magazines. You're often on ITVs This Morning. You have your own vlog called The Home Genie. You're super busy. Is there anything else you do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, I actually say that being a mum is my first job. <laughs> it takes up most of my time, but I know that's the thing with being freelance—is you kind of manage to crowbar all these things into your into your day. But um, but actually, I think probably one of the, uh, apart from the TV presenting, one of the longest-standing things has been home coaching as well, which a lot of people kind of don't uh, don't know about. But it's um, it's a combined. I trained as a corporate executive life coach, and because I was doing up property and interiors was a, a big passion of mine as well I, I started to sort of uh, make the two collide for want of a better phrase and and basically help people to to make their homes facilitate their goals in life and because you know it's so important and I think the interesting thing is this year we've been at home so much that people are starting to get why your home environment is so important so it's really come come to the fore.
0: Absolutely. So, like, it's like it sounds like a real fusion service, then. I think, uh, and it's, and, and I think, as you say, with what we're experiencing, a lot of people have really looked at the way they're living and how they how they use their space.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, it's easy for us to sort of try and uh, just ignore the the sort of things at home that, that you know that bug you and or that maybe t- that you don't even realize that are helping you and you kind of escape by going out and everything and and that's obviously healthy as well but I just I'm such a believer that your home has to be your haven it has to be your safe place and by being a safe place I mean that place that kind of um, brings you to the sort of best state of mind you can be in as well and I think so often that's not the case we kind of we just leave it to sort of um to, for the for, for next year we'll do it next year we keep saying and I I've sort of tried to encourage people to sort of really make their homes work for them.
0: Absolutely. And I think you're right. We've, we've all woken up to how important the space is. So, so let's go on to this um, passion for home renovation and DIY. How did it all start?
1: Well, it's it, the sort of DIY, the kind of upcycling side of things I have done ever since I was a kid, um, since the moment I I could really, and was really into interiors. You know, obviously you start off with doing your bedroom. I mean, my my family were very much um, a family that used to move a lot. We, so they, my parents would always buy a place that needed something doing to it. Uh, my dad was an accountant, so I think it was always, you had to sort of see how you could make the most money out of anything <laughs> you could. Um, and also he came from Australia and so yeah funds weren't huge and so so it was kind of the only way that they could afford to sort of go up the property ladder so i guess i was i, I grew up around sort of um houses being decorated and extended and all that sort of thing so maybe it's sort of in my blood from that point of view but uh, but really um i sort of was renting for so long when i left university that um each time i would sort of do up my my um, so it was usually a room in a house share i do it up you know to sort of uh, to to make it feel like home and then I'd probably move six months later I've moved like 12 times in eight years when I was renting in London so <laughs> um, and so when I actually bought the first property with my husband it was just like oh wow you know I could actually do stuff to this place and and it sort of it just it went from there in terms of actually doing up property because um, we did so well on that first one. They're like, Oh, okay, this works. Let's do the next one. And that first flat, um, it was in Folkestone actually it was just a one bed flat. I, Everything in it was um, upcycled, all the furniture was upcycled from charity shops or things that people just left out for, for people to take away if they wanted them. And the, the guy that bought it was like, can I buy everything that's in here as well? <laughs> and so I thought, oh, okay, so this is this is working. And, and, and really, it's just kind of continued from there up to now to sort of recently doing a, an actual self-build as opposed to just renovating yeah.
0: properties. So, so that was my next question. So that, it's really moved on, hasn't it, from doing up a, a student boom as you say to start with on to um understand you've now just completed your own self-build project um mm-hmm. and in that you've installed an, an ekadan air source heat pump so yeah. let's let's get on to that so tell me what what led you we talked a bit about the project what led you into looking for a sustainable home heating solution how did that come about
1: well, I'm really passionate about any way that we can make our lives more eco-friendly. I have been for quite a long time. I actually tried to start up a sort of um, a web channel, uh, an eco web channel, probably about 10, 15 years ago. And I, I think I was maybe slightly ahead of the time. I didn't have the funds to make it work. But it's been a long, long standing passion of mine to sort of um, try and find ways of, of of making your life as sustainable as possible. And when And and actually, when I've been doing renovations, I'm always trying, I've always been trying to sort of find ways of reusing things. Um... So when I was doing a self build and, and basically the world's your oyster into what you actually put in it, it was a really exciting prospect and, and I was just thinking, right, I've got to sort of make this as eco-friendly as I possibly can, with you know, within my budget, because actually it's it's not always possible and it was an odd space where we were we were building because it was effectively an old garage that we knocked down and, and so we were sort of um we weren't sort of we didn't have the luxury of loads of space to do to to do whatever we wanted there um so for example the first thing I looked at because I'd heard of it was uh, ground source heat pumps um and quickly realized that if you haven't got any outside space that's not even an option and that research then led me to air source heat pumps and and it was it was sort of that light bulb moment of well this is ideal for for what we've got here
0: Right. So so just from our, our listeners' point of view, so a, a ground source heat pump requires obviously space to put the slinky pipes in or boreholes in, whereas of course, so you chose the air source heat pump because you just basically put it outside essentially. So you did look at both technologies. Was there Was there any other technologies you were looking at besides heat pumps or was it always going to be a heat pump?
1: It was always going to be a heat pump, um, I, mainly because I'm not massively knowledgeable on these subjects. So it was sort of um, just doing as much research as my brain could cope with, <laughs> because I'm not the most technical of people. And it made sense to me when I saw, uh, when I read everything about air source heat pumps, it made sense to me that A, that that would work in this particular build. Uh, and B, that, you know, I was reading some really good reviews on on how well they were working as well.
0: Right. So which, which uh, system do you have in your property?
1: I've got the Ecodan Q U um, H Z. Okay, yes. And it's um sort of sort of doing the research. That was the ideal one for the size of the property that we've got. Um for me as well I have uh, when I said about renting places obviously it means that you actually move so much that you you have many different experiences of different um kind of homes and I had lived in so many places where um the pump coming on was so noisy that you'd get woken up and it was uh, you know in many many places I lived it was a problem so the sound um factor was huge in in my decision for this so um the the qhz that was a big part of my research was making sure that it it, it was as quiet as it was as it was uh, said to be i think is probably- so
0: you're you're talking about not only the external sound of the actual heat pump but you're talking about the actual internal cylinder or thermal store yeah. i understand in this case so so you, um that's an important feature then it had to be really really quiet so um it's. I've seen pictures of the self-build. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a nice conversion, you say, of an old garage which you've built up. So you've gone for the QHZ system, which has the small outdoor unit and it operates with a thermal store or which is, looks like a cylinder for most people. So where have you put the uh, the indoor unit or the cylinder? Where does, where does that gone?
1: So that sits under the stairs um, and it is right next to a bedroom. So again, that noise factor was going to be really key. Um, but, the great thing is, actually, is that although it's under the stairs, there was still plenty of space for storage. Because I feel like the understairs is a really important place to kind of sort of grab any space you can. So, uh, so yeah, it's really easily accessible, but at the same time, um, it's not taken up the, the sort of the whole of the space, which we I was really relieved about. I have to say, when it was installed,
0: and the outdoor unit, so the, the heat pump itself, where have you located that?
1: Yeah, so that's to the side of the property, um, and you know, going back to that noise factor, it, it is next to a garden, so um, you know, you're not going to want to annoy the neighbours when they're sat out sunning themselves um, with a sort of noisy pump. So, so yeah, so that is um, sort of fairly high up in the property. It's a, it's a, it's an. Like I was saying, we had to work with the space we had. So it means that one side and half side of the property is just basically against earth because it's sort of uh, built on a on a hill. It's on a slant, Um, so the so it means that it's accessible for sort of checking on a yearly basis um, because you can actually kind of come up to the side of the property without even using a ladder but at the same time um, it means that it's it, it's well away from the from the street so
0: the Mitsubishi electric Ekadan air source heat pump switch from fossil fuels like oil LPG and storage heaters to clean renewable home heating visit ikadan.co.uk for more information Ekadan serious about sustainability So Georgina, let's talk about the install process. So what was that like and uh, how long did it take?
1: Uh, It was all really quite smooth, actually. I think I prepared myself for uh, a lot more of a complicated procedure. But um, I mean, Mitsubishi Electric did all the pre-sales design. So um, i sort of barely had to even think about that. And then... And then I was really lucky. I found an installer, eco-installer. I want to give them a shout out because they were so great to deal with, you know, really good communication. And and actually, I was expecting the installation itself to take quite a long time. I was ex- expecting to have, to, you know, my time used as well, needing to be there. And I think it only took a couple of days. And uh, that was very, very smooth running. Um, and sort of a- anything since then where I've had any questions about anything, it... it, it it's, it's been an easy process, is what I would say.
0: Brilliant. So... Here's a question for you now. You, you've got um, a state-of-the-art air source heat pump installed, low-carbon technology. Um, I was listening to uh, the BBC, a chat show, uh, lunchtime early this week, and there seemed to be um, um, a lot of people asking questions uh, or there's, there seems to be a lack of awareness at the moment about this technology that exists. Do you do you find yourself explaining to people how it works? so they question it? They think, what's that? Or do they even know there's a difference? How, how's that side of things going for you?
1: Do you know, I'm such a homeboy when I talk to people, if anyone says, oh, how's the build gang or something, they, they, I think they then think, oh, I wish I'd never asked because I have to go into <laughs> detail, detail. And actually I, I feel, I feel like I'm quite cool having this air source heat pump, frankly. <laughs> so, so I want to show it off to people. But also I just, I've been amazed how many people have not heard of one um, and it's it's really interesting because i feel like talking about sustainability it's constantly constantly in the news and yet something that is going to be so key going forward. And when you look at the statistics of actually, um, you know, the difference you can make by making your home more sustainable, and particularly when it comes to, to heating your home, um, I just I just feel like more people know need to know about a solution like this. Because for so many, having something like a ground source heat pump or, or other solutions is not going to work for them um, and, and not going to work for their particular build. So I think. Uh, i've been really interested to see how few people actually have even heard of it and and i think another thing as well is um builders you know i'm not bashing builders here they they are so busy they're generally so busy if, if they're a decent builder then they haven't got time to research new technology like this so if they're managing your build i'm not the kind of person that just hands a project over so i will be doing the research and i will be uh deciding what goes in there but you know most people i talk to that 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 it's not their thing they they actually don't want to have to think about this uh, their builders is going to choose what they know already and I think this is why it's really important to educate people what is out there the options that are out there as well
0: absolutely so on that point that you've just brought up in terms of you doing the research yourself um I've been digging around a bit uh, we're, we're running a, a self build campaign at the moment so I've been looking at um the demographic of uh, self builders and the type of people they are would you say that then a majority or a minority of self-builders are would literally just hand over everything, or would they be looking at um, state-of-the-art solutions? Is it because I understand what you're saying in terms of a builder maybe doing a renovation, but when it comes to self-build, would you say a self-builder is more switched on in terms of what's available?
1: Yeah, I think I must admit, I'm not one that sort of goes to kind of self build conventions and everything. Um, I, and I think, you know, the, the closest I can say is when I've I've done presenting like ideal home exhibition, and the, the people that I speak to there, um, they are switched on. Um, and they are actually, they are um, mindful of of what they're putting into a build too. Um, so I think probably if if you're if, if you're brave enough to do a self-build, because let's face it, it's not for the faint-hearted, then you will be more invested in it. It becomes more of a sort of passion project than um, just sort of, oh, we really need to do up this house. Let's you know get the local builder in to do it. So I think, yeah, I think when it comes to self-building itself, then I think people do take the time to, to do that research. but um, Because really, uh, a lot of this is still relatively new, though. I, I think that people are still afraid, you know, and it's like, which... which which way do we go with this?
0: No, absolutely. I think people, any any form of change, um, people are not reluctant to it, but I think maybe a little bit f- afraid of change because uh, they, they're so used to having sort of like a gas boiler or oil boiler, etc. So when you talk about an alternative, there's always going to be questions, uh, which yeah. really leads me on to one of the, one of the points we could talk about your self-build and generically heat pumps. When people talk about heat pumps, they say, oh, yeah, I've heard of ground source. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard of AirSource, but don't they only work with um, underfloor heating? But Of course, they work with both radiators and underfloor. What, what did you, what combination, what did you go with in your self-build?
1: Um, I've got underfloor heating and um, that was a revelation for me as well because I hate radiators. <laughs> I've got a thing. Because of the space? They, uh, yeah, the space. They just ruin the look of a room. I just really kind of, I find them really annoying. Uh, when I've been renovating and I've had to sort of work with, With radiators. Um, So, yeah, having underfloor heating um, has been a real joy from an interior design point of view, Um, but also the sort of even heat you get. I'm a reptile, I cannot bear being cold, and yet I am cold most of the time, uh, generally, when most other people are quite sort of happy with the temperature. And I have found that the sort of uh, the sort of just nice ambient temperature that uh, that we sort of had with the underfloor heating when when we've been in there. Um, has been has been one yeah really it has been a, a revelation for me really
0: so right <laughs> so you mentioned the um we talked about the um, sound of the indoor unit how important that was obviously and um, in terms of uh, the outdoor unit as well I remember you came to our office didn't you to have a quick look all, all happy with with the sound that the unit makes
1: yeah, I mean, well, you just you can't hear the sound. That that's that, there is no sound as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's um particularly outside. You the it it it's not going to dominate anything. So um I I just feel like it's uh it, that was quite a surprise. I well, I was expecting. You know, you read our sort of minimal sound. And you kind of think right, okay, yeah. Uh, let let's see about that. And when I think when we were at your um at your headquarters that. It was complete silence, wasn't it? And you still couldn't hear. I mean, it was—it's not even like the wind through the trees. Sure. Um, but when it's outside in in normal um, environment, there's absolutely no way that you're going to hear anything.
0: Great, great. So let's go on to um, the install process, because we get a lot of questions about installing an air source heat pump. And again, there's quite a lot of um, misinformation out there or a lack of understanding. So so what what was that like for you and how long did it take?
1: Well, I think it's a similar thing to, you know, the, the builder that I was using uh, was a bit sort of reticent with any kind of um, ideas that I had that were going to make it more sustainable. He was a little bit reticent because he didn't know about it and he hadn't done it before. And I had a similar thing when I was, um, contacting installers as well, that actually they were a little bit nervous about something like that because they hadn't done it before. I, and yeah, you know, I'd like to put it back to you actually, I'm wondering, uh, because I, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody who can install something like this. Um, is it? Would you say that it's uh, a, a harder thing to install for for somebody who's just always gone down the traditional route? Because I, I wonder whether people need educating on that as well.
0: That's a really good question. So uh, we were talking to some installers the other day, funny enough. And if you if you're putting an air source heat pump in from scratch, compared to a uh, fossil fuel boiler from scratch, such as gas or oil, uh, the process is actually simpler. Because you're still connecting the same water pipes, you've got single phase electricity to the heat pump. You do have an electrical connection to a boiler as well, obviously, for the uh, for the electronics. But you're not dealing um, with the regulations that surround an explosive gas or liquid. So starting from scratch, once you're trained in how to install an air source heat pump, uh, there's a few little differences. into you have to size the rooms a bit more accurately because it's a bit more you're a bit more sensitive in terms of uh, you know the capacity that the heat pump can uh, produce so it's simpler in that sense i think where people ask a lot of questions is when you actually retrofit the technology so if you come to a property and someone's had enough of oil and they want to switch to an air source heat pump then the installer needs to look at how those radiators or how the underfloor system is performing against the flow temperatures that the oil system might be performing you might have to change some radiators um so it's a little bit more. complicated in terms of retrofitting than it is from uh, from the new build experience that you've had but it's still uh, certainly not an onerous process at all it's just once you've got the training and you can size up the room look at the radiators swap out the boiler put a heat pump in and off you go so it's just a matter of uh, training and education and that's one of the things um, that we're trying to get across to the market at the moment that to um, so the choice is there for people so they know that heat pumps exist especially, uh, you know, on high cost fuels.
1: Well, we, and we're going to have to, that's, that's the whole point. You know, even if you, um, even if you don't care about the environment, uh, you're going to be forced to, to find new ways of, of heating your home anyway. So I think one thing that I would, uh, one thing that always appeals to me when I look at builders or installers of anything is if they are on top of this latest technology, to me, that, that, that actually gives me a lot more confidence in them so you know i I think it is something that that um that sort of more traditional builders and installers are going to have to to think about because it does make a difference to to certainly somebody like me who is is looking to to employ or you know contract somebody
0: absolutely so let's talk about the um living with the system um how's that how's that been so far
1: it's been really easy i mean um we in the property that we so we don't live in that property um but we have stayed in it quite quite a few times um and in fact it, it's it's felt like the longest project in the world because it started before lockdown <laughs> uh, so we were, so much we weren't able, and i hadn't realized that we were waiting for so much um so much was waiting for the flooring to go down. And this was happening in sort of December, January time, uh, just before lockdown. And, um, I was thinking, why, why is there such a delay on that? And I'm thinking now, actually, it was probably because of manufacturing in other countries that there were problems because of COVID. So there was a lot of delay on that. And then we went into lockdown. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And so, you know, just being able to get a hold of anybody to do anything, um, to get a hold of materials, it was just, it was. St- stalled but um I then we'd kind of go a little bit further and then we'd stop again and then we'd go a little bit further but actually in the last um in the last lockdown it's it's been quite nice to sort of be able to go there and sort of it's somewhere else to be apart from our uh, apart from our home but um sorry I digress because my point is is that the, the home that we live in has a traditional gas boiler and we have uh, yeah, and it was a decent one that was installed sort of six years ago. It's you know, um, it's not like it's an old boiler, and uh, and it, we've had so many more problems with with just you know the traditional way that you'd think was kind of a, that. it's sort of a given that when you put something like that in that you're not going to have trouble with it for quite a long time and we've it's just been such a breeze with the um with the ecodam because we just we haven't had any issues with it um we've been able to sort of mess around with temperatures and and um i i was scared that because it was new and different for us that, that that would be something that would cause us problems and it hasn't been at all so so generally um you know We've had the heating when we've needed it. We've had hot water when we've needed it. And so from my point of view... (laughs) that work
0: <laughs> how do you program it do you do you just leave it on because some people like have setbacks to how do, do you just have it left on the whole time because a lot of we, people say that's the best way to run a heat pump or how yeah do you operate it?
1: we had well obviously um having plastering and decorating and everything done we had it on a low heat um just generally uh when nobody was in there um sometimes um i found uh, what i found is actually that i could have it on a much lower temperature than i can in in the house i live in um and it would still feel um still feel very comfortable so um yeah so we had have it on load generally and then we'll just sort of up it when when we might need it because you know we've had we've had some pretty cold weather haven't we
0: yes yeah indeed indeed (laughs) And have you been messing around with the um, Cloud app? Do you have the app on your phone? And I don't know if you know this now, but you can actually control um, control the eeker down with um, Amazon Alexa. If you can't, if you don't want to get up or move around, yeah, yeah. I've,
1: I got excited by that in the beginning. But my uh, husband is the um, techie geek in the in the house, and he absolutely loves that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, and he, you know, he'll be reporting back to me, oh, you know, look at this, look at this, and I, oh, yeah, okay. So yeah, it's it's one of those Things that um I see very useful as a practical point of view, but uh, my husband gets very excited by the fact that you can you can control it remotely.
0: He, he sounds like me. I always remember when my uh, my kids were still living at home, and um, I was in the office when we were allowed to go to the office, and they would pump up the temperature to some ridiculous temperature. I'm thinking, no, 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 ah. we're we're we, we set that back remote from the office, and you can put a jumper on. It used to give me a lot of pleasure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. It's it's. It's, you it's know, not just from a control point of view, but also it makes you a little bit more mindful and you're able to be a bit more aware of it as well.
0: Yeah. That, well, that's great about it. A lot of people say they can just dip into it and have a look at the reports and how the energy's, um, how much energy is being produced you know, at a touch of a button, which is great. Yeah. So now the system's it's all set up. Sounds like you're really happy with it and it's all running well. It's given you lots of hot water and space heating to your satisfaction. Is there anything else you're thinking about in terms of the system usage?
1: Yeah, well, it's something that we should have done by now. So slap wrist to me here, but um, looking at switching to a fully renewable energy supplier, um, so that we're just going that you know that extra mile because it you feel feels like you need to be able to do whatever you can, and that's a, a very simple way of doing it. So it's just finding the right one, um, you know, that, that really is sort of ticking all the boxes as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, now you, now you mentioned that point, I think the one of my last podcast guests, which was uh, Judy and she's chief exec of the UK Green Building Council. She brings up that point exactly. And to be careful on the energy supplier who are claiming to have 100% renewable, apparently it's not as straightforward as it looks. So, um, so double check that and also to you know, any of our audience listening.
1: Yeah, it's really important with any anything. I think that has the eco-friendly label is is to make sure that there's not sort of any greenwashing going on, um, yeah, and yeah, and really do the do the research and and talk to people as well. I think that's the best best way of finding out.
0: So let's have a quick touch on um, government grant incentives. Now, you said, did you go for the RHI, um, the Renewable Heat Incentive? I believe you yes. went for.
1: Yeah, that's we- the one we went for. Yeah.
0: And what was that process like? Was that quite straightforward or?
1: Uh, it was fairly straightforward. I mean, we, um, I think because of all the delays, because of the of lockdown and everything, um, we, I don't think we'd applied for it in time or something, but luckily they'd just extended it. So, so we were able to just sneak in and, and get that. And that see i'd i'd been talking about that all along and not really thinking about the monetary value of it I'll, I'll be completely honest um the sustainability side of the air source heat pump is what drove me to to use it um but now having seen the you know the, the sort of cash that you get back for that uh my husband was sort of doing the paperwork on it and he came back to me and he said, "Do you?" how much we're getting back on this um which you know it, it's only a is only going to be a plus because it's going to pay for my interiors isn't it so <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> but, brilliant but yeah no yeah. it's uh you know it's anything like that i think is really important for people to to understand about because it's not necessarily something that you know about unless you do a bit of digging
0: no that's right i mean at the moment we're lucky the renewable heat sensors has been extended uh till next year um, um and for our listeners uh benefit that's going to be replaced with something called the clean heat grant and what that will do because the renewable heat incentives gives you a quarterly payment for seven years but it's proposed that the uh, clean heat grant will give you a payment of four thousand pounds up front for an air source heat pump so that's what the proposal is at the moment so because a lot of people say they'd they'd like the capital payment up front so watch this space Let's just finish off with a generic uh, point about because obviously you're you're very much into uh, retrofit and you know your your website the home genie and you're obviously in contact with a lot of people in terms of general awareness we've kind of touched on it we don't think there's that it's growing but not that quickly but what do you think about we talk about this government deadline of twenty twenty five, where the government's saying, right, no more gas boilers um, should be installed by twenty twenty five. And we've got this thing called the Future Homes Standard and part L, the building regulations changing. Just generic, your your thoughts on where should we should be going as a country in terms of retrofit and new build from your experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, um, I I really wish that I'd done something like this. Um, this the, the house we're living in was the last uh, sort of apart from the self built obviously the last major renovation we did. So obviously it's different to self build, and um, and we did actually have to put a new boiler in there because uh, quite amazingly, although the built boiler that was in here uh, wasn't that old, it it wasn't. Uh, powerful enough to, for the house, so that was an interest. There's kind of things that we came across when we were renovating this house, which were interesting. And luckily, I did manage to sell it, so it, it did get reused. But um, I know that in future, if we're renovating and it's necessary to, because I, you know, I think one thing is important to say is that if if you if there's a boiler already there that is still doing the job, you know, you've got to weigh up the sustainable sustainability side of actually kind of putting in a new system and, and throwing away the old system. Um, but when you need, I think really from now on, we have a duty to be switching ahead of that deadline. Um, and certainly we will be, we will be using, um, you know, air source heat pumps when it's, when it's appropriate for that build. It would be interesting to see a bit more about ground source heat pumps as well, but I suppose because we've now had the experience of the air source heat pump, um, we know it works. It's going to sort of, help us to be more confident when we've got renovations in the future um but yeah i think we we like i said we, we've we got a duty to to um think about uh reusing energy as opposed to just just going with what we've what we've always done before yeah just
0: just we can't keep we just can't keep burning stuff in our homes frankly no, When we're no. where we're producing um i mean the uk is producing i think we've got the fastest decarbonizing grid in europe maybe the well we're one of the fastest decarbonizing electrical grids in the world so obviously anything you attach to that grid is getting cleaner and cleaner every day you know we're we're fortunate we're an island we've got wind turbines got solar pv we've got other renewables so it just makes sense that we can't keep um, burning stuff
1: I think that um the problem is is that you, you hear about sustainability, you hear about the environment, you hear about um the, the sort of plight of the world. And it can be very easy to think, oh, it's not our responsibility to, to do anything about this, when actually we can do so much, you know, within the home we have so much power to make a difference that actually it's really important that 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 we kind of take that responsibility. And I think this is the this is the thing, is actually that if, if we start to realise that collectively we can all make a big difference you know I just constantly think about my daughter and her future and what the what the the world is going to look like when she's my age um and for me that's a big enough incentive but you know if you haven't if you haven't got that thought in mind you've just got to sort of think about that collective responsibility really
0: fantastic thank you Georgina uh that brings us to the end of our time so a huge thanks for coming on it's been really great to see you It's been although, a um, although, although this is a for our audience this is a remote podcast so we can see each other on screen so <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been it's been great to see you so thank you for coming on and uh, look forward to uh, hearing about your future um, retrofit projects with heat pumps
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you max great
0: thank, thank you georgina you. thank you so there you have it self-build with ekadan sustainable home heating A huge thanks to my guest, Georgina Burnett, for coming on the show. Thanks, Georgina. And thanks for listening. And please share, subscribe, rate and review the Ecodan Serious About Sustainability podcast. Until next time, goodbye.